0: Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finchley. Well, good morning. Had we had in FUD the last few weeks talking about identity, this morning we come to the end of this series on identity. And uh, if you have your Bibles, let me t- invite you to turn to 2 Corinthians 5.17 and then also Galatians 2.20 and... ...other scriptures that we'll be talking about... ...but those are the two main passages... Um, ...whatever you depend upon for your identity... ...to define who you are... ...why you're here... ...where you're going in life... ...actually controls you... ...only through discovering and resting in your identity... ...as it's taught in the Word of God... ...can you become free from all the false identities... ...that this world and other people... ...are always trying to put on you... ...if you're a believer... God, your Father and your Creator, Jesus Christ, your Savior and Master, and the Holy Spirit, your Helper, actually determine and dictate your true identity. God planned you, He chose you, He purchased you through His Son, Jesus Christ, and He sealed you with His Holy Spirit. And in 2 Corinthians five 17, we've been kind of using this the whole time, It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in union with Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, to be honest, we've just skimmed the surface concerning what Scripture says about who you are, about your identity, in Christ, you are a new creation. You're a new creature in union with Him. A new creation, and you put on a new man, created in righteousness and holiness. You are now referred to as saints in Scripture, or set-apart ones. You are identified as holy and blameless. You are called righteous. You became the righteousness of God in union with Christ. In Christ, you are complete and perfected hebrews 10:14 says therefore there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus you're members of God's household and citizens of heaven you're a priest You have access into the Holy of Holies. You are kings who reign in life through Jesus Christ. You were once ungodly, but now you're identified as godly in Christ. You were once excluded from the house of God, from the life of God, but now you are chosen ones of God, reconciled to God and accepted to the glory of God. Yea, God! That's who you are. But you're none of these things... By your own works or your abilities or by your actions. You are that because you are you have been begotten from above. Placed in union with Christ. And Christ has come to be in you. I am who I am because He is who He is in me. It's who I am. If that's who I am... And that's who you are, then why don't we live it? Why don't I live it? If all of that is true of me, then why do I live so much of my life defeated and demoralized, discouraged and powerless? Glad I asked. Because I'm going to tell you. How many of you came to Christ after you were born? Anybody here? Okay? How many of you came as a child? All right? As a young person, as a teenager. Okay? How about a young adult? Okay? How about a middle aged adult? How about those old as dirt? Come to Christ. It's never too late if you did not raise your hand in any of those today's the day all right you can come to Christ the reason i'm saying that is most of us have some old things that needed to pass away now when that in in second corinthians 5:17 where it says Old things have passed away. That word pass away doesn't mean forgotten, doesn't mean taken out. It doesn't mean they're, they're no longer around. It just means that those old things no longer have authority in our lives. In other words, those old things are no longer what define you. They're no longer what you're identified by. Those old things, they've passed away. They've, they've been taken. That, the power of those things have been broken through the cross of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. But, you know, when Jesus died for sin, he didn't take sin out of the world. He paid its price and broke its power. Right? Good morning. Glad to have you here this morning. Right? He didn't, when He when he went to the grave and came out in resurrection life, He didn't destroy all death. He just took away its power to have the final say. Okay? So the old things have not been taken out of the world. They've not been taken out of your memory. And a lot of times, they haven't been taken out of our perceptions. But the authority and the power of those things, of what you were, has been broken over you. I want to show you that here's the thing. We live in the same body. We still have the same soul, mind, will, and emotions, but we have a new spirit. We're a new creation. First Thessalonians 5.23 is in the message. It's going to be on the screen. It says, May God Himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our Master, Jesus Christ. I want you to note the order of the words spirit, soul, and body. I've been preaching a long time, but I guarantee you 99% of the time when I talk about these things, I say body, soul, and spirit. God wants to make you whole. Body, soul, and spirit. And I've just discovered, you know why I do that? Because that tends to be how we live. We live by the body through our mind, will, and emotions, And if we have time, and if we have any perception at all, we might give a little attention to our spirit. But let's just be honest, many of you are already hungry, and I just got started. Your body is already, the stomach's growling, and and let me tell you, and you're thinking, how much longer is this going to be? Our body, the desires and the dictates of our body determine so much about how we live. If I get up... Listen, the older I get, the more grumpier I get because I get up and I hurt all over. Anybody identify with that? I have to warm up. Now, I used to have to warm up for sports. I have to warm up to get up. (laughs) The whole point I'm trying to make is... My body so much dictates how I feel and my perceptions about life. And not only do I have an old body, but I have an old way of thinking. I have, I have mind, will, and emotions. Choices that I've made so for so long that now they're habits. They're not even choices anymore. That's just the way I am. You see, God wants to make you whole spirit. Soul and body. We tend to treat, try to be made whole. Body, soul and spirit. God wants you to live inside out. Most of us live outside in. The reason we have a problem living in our identity of who Christ says we are is because we have a perception of identity that has nothing to do with Christ and everything has to do with our body and our soul. So this morning, I want to be as practical as I can to try to tell you how you can live, how you become who you are. Life is to work by the spirit through the soul expressed through the body. When you came to Christ you became a new creation spiritually. 1 Corinthians 6:17 says that that if you're in Christ you are one spirit with him. But it is to be lived out through the soul expressed through the body. You're a new creation in your spirit, you're becoming new in your soul, and if you don't understand the process, you'll constantly be, be deceived, discouraged and often defeated. I want to give you a truth here. It's a practical truth. We are not controlled by the truth. We are controlled by what we perceive or believe to be the truth. I want to try to be as practical as I can this morning because I want you to understand the reason we have such a difficulty living into the fullness of who we are is because we, we don't act according to what's truth we act according to what we perceive or feel or be or, or have habit of being truth. Part of the soul is the subconscious. The majority of the activity of the mind and emotions takes place in the subconscious. The sub, the word sub there means below the surface. Now, we're aware of what we're thinking of in the conscious mind. But subconsciously, we are acting involuntarily apart from what we're thinking. So, parents, when you say, what were you thinking? Let me just settle it. They weren't. They were responding. It wasn't thinking. Researchers estimate that 85 to 90% of what takes place in our brains happens in our subconscious. Most of the time we're being controlled by what we subconsciously believe rather than what we consciously say we believe. Our subconscious never stops working. It doesn't get tired it never rest the tireless part of our brain has an amazing capacity to observe and process it picks up every minute detail of what's happening around us every moment every sound every color every feeling every reaction it even takes in what you're not even aware of researchers say that our brain has a processing capacity of a 100 trillion instructions per second now for us that's just a big number what that means is is you're thinking a lot less than you know you are things are happening and they just happen or we perceive it to be just happening but the reality is they're happening according to pattern so what what are you saying preacher sounds like a bunch of gibberish see I already told you you're ready for lunch what I'm telling you is what's stored up in your subconscious shapes every facet of who you are. What's stored there determines much of your personality and forms your habits, both good and bad. They control your reactions and basically become your belief center, whether you realize it or not. In other words, the sum total of what's stored there works together, to determine what you really believe. Let me let me use the illustration. How many of you know how to tie a shoe? Some of you, I'll tell you later if you don't know. Do you think about tying a shoe anymore? You put your shoe on and you tie it. Did you know there was a time when you did think about tying your shoe? You know, you put this string over that string and you pull it tight and then you make that little bunny ear on that side and you go around it with, the, and then you pull it tight and you, t- and you remember the frustration of trying to teach your children to tie their shoes now listen to me but we started to do it and the pattern starts happening and no longer do we think about it until you get now like me do you? till do you do that you do that you don't even think about it what it, Just imagine what it would be like if every time you tied a shoe, you had to go through the thought process of tying a shoe. If, if that was the case, we'd all wear slip-ons. I've got slip-ons this morning. Or Velcro, that's right. Or no shoes. Same thing with driving a car. How many of you remember when you were a wreck waiting for a place to happen? And you began to drive a car, and now listen to me. Most of us drive without thinking. How many of you have left the house and you were determined to go somewhere, but by habit, you went down? I don't know how many times I've come and I've come to the church and said, Well, I wasn't coming here, I was going there. I didn't even drive by thinking at all. How many of you have ever ended up somewhere and you didn't you didn't know when you went through that light? Right? We've gotten so used to see, it. See, our lifestyle has become habit subconsciously. Rather than, now, you're a new creation, but the way you live your life so much of the time is subconsciously. And you find yourself acting or behaving before you ever thought about it. Now you're a new creation you're not who you used to be, then why in the world do I still act like it? Because I don't think anymore. I want to talk to you about how to you become. To become. We develop belief systems by which our, we live our lives. And what I want you to hear is... Much of our life, we don't live by reality. We live by our version of reality. I'm telling you, what God says about you is who you really are. But many of us are living by another version. It's our version of who we are. And those two seem to war against one another. Well, how do we get to the place where I live by who Christ says I am and not by what I've always been, what I've always done. Gillian. I'm glad you asked. Philippians 2:12 I'm just going to quote it. it's not going to be on the screen. Philippians 2:12 and 13. I just quote part of it. Many of you will know what I'm talking about. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How many of you have ever heard that before? Work out your own salvation. in other words, you've got a part in this deal. But most of us forget the next part. The next word said for because God is at work in you both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. You put in the time because God's at work. Both to choose and to perform according to his good pleasure. You've got a part and God's got a part. And let me tell you, he's got the bigger part. He's the one that's doing it. He took up, he's, he He said he was going to do it even if you didn't. He's going to perform it. But you can participate and your life will be a lot better if you'll just participate. If you'll just sign up and you'll just walk with him. It'll amaze you what God can do. There's a part you have and there's a part God has and he has a bigger part. I want you to look now at Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20, King James says this, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to say something here, because I want you to understand that word faith there is pistis, but the whole point being, In the King James, it says it so precisely. I live by the faith of the Son of God. That word faith could be faith in the sense of believing, but it also can be faith in the sense of faithfulness. This life I now live, I live by not only by part believing Christ, but by His part of His faithfulness to live His life through me. I'm crucified with Christ. That took care of the old things. Nevertheless, I live, and yet it's not I, but Christ. And I want you to note those four words. Not I, but Christ. Not I, but Christ. We are not only to get our identity from Christ, but we're to get our ability and our activity from Him as well. He's the source of my life, my being, and my behavior. If I don't know that, I will constantly try to be acting like Christ. God never wanted us to try to be Christ-like. He wants us Christ to live His life by means of me. Not I, but Christ. Most of us have this backwards. The way we would have it and the way we live it is it's Christ, not me. It's Christ, not I. Let me show you. Yes, I know Christ is totally sufficient, but not me. We tend to get the wrong things before and after the but. We put the truth before the but and then live out the feelings let me show you i know god loves me but right now he feels a long way away he feels far away i know he loves me so i put the truth there but i live out of his distance i know god said he'll supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory but i don't know how i'm going to make next month I put the truth there. I know He's going to supply all my needs. But let me tell you, I live, I don't know how I'm going to make it. The whole point is we live literally after the butt. I know God said He'd give me wisdom. But all I seem to have is confusion. I live in my confusion. Satan doesn't care how much God talk we use as long as we put it before the but. You see, our hope is in changing the circumstances. We quote the promise and then live in the circumstance. I know I'm a new creation in Christ, but I still fail a lot. So we focus on failure. The right way to say it is I know I fail a lot but I'm a new creation in Christ. Failure, yeah, I'm not denying it but here's the truth. I'm going to live in the truth. I know I don't have enough money for the month but Christ said He'll supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory. I'm going to live in His supply. I know That right now I'm confused. I can't tell my left from the right. But God promised if I'd asked, He'd give me wisdom. I'm going to live asking for His wisdom. You live after the but. If I'm going to... Here's the thing. I'm talking about more than just sentence structure. We tend to focus our life on what we put after the butt. What we focus on, we organize our life around. If we focus on the visible or the experience or the feelings, we'll organize our life around the visible, the past experience and the feelings. Life is not found in circumstances or the externals. Life is found in the spirit, the internal. God intends us to live inside out. Spirit. Soul, body, spirit through the soul, expressed through the body. If you get your identity from the externals, your job, your abilities, your wealth, your status, your circumstances, what will happen to you when these change and they will change? You lose what you perceive to be life. But if you get your identity from Christ, when circumstances change, you don't. I'm not saying that we deny the circumstances or the feelings or the problems. I'm just saying the circumstances and the emotions do not determine who you are. Christ is your life. And here's the thing. We think life is what we do. Life it's a gift of God in who He is. He gives you life. I was at one time dead, separated from God, dead in trespasses and sin, and He made me alive. The sin and those things are still there, but He made me alive. I'm alive apart from that. I have a new life. I am not that anymore. No matter how many times I act that way, I'm not that. Thanks to Jesus Christ. I'm in union with Him. That is not who I am. And if I focus on how I behave according to that, I will lose sight of and perception of the truth, and I will focus my life around my failures instead of my identity of who I am. You, if we get our identity from Christ, when all the problems come, you know, when we don't get our identity from Christ, we try to fix things. You know, I just need to be better. I just need everybody else around me to be better. If they'd just get their act right, I'd be okay. So we try to change the circumstances, train, change the, the drama, change the situations. And when in reality, you've got to realize who you are, because those things come or go are not going to, should not define you. Christ defines me. I'm not saying deny them. I'm just saying don't let them define you. Let me give you an Old Testament example. King David. King David was called a man after God's own heart, right? Right? Okay. You were thinking about that bread for lunch. King David knew what to put after the butt. Psalm 13, verses 1 through 6. Look at the screen. This is New Living Translation. Here's King David praying. Oh, Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemies have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying we've defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. Sounds like life, doesn't it? you ever been there? God, where are you? Why is all this happening? Have you forgotten me? How long will you look the other way? How long am I going to have to struggle with this? He's in a spot. Look at the next word. But I trust your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you've rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he's good to me. Let me ask you a question. Has his situation changed? What changed? Where he's living from. The but moved him from how long to I trust your unfailing love. He didn't deny what he was going through. He felt all of its pain. He knew everything that's going And he knew the enemy. And he knew what he was doing. But here's the thing. But I trust your unfailing love. You are good. He lived there. He was a man after God's heart there. If you read the story of David, he didn't do everything right. And yet God said that there will always be one of his descendants on the throne because of who he was, not because of what he did or didn't do. Listen to me. If I don't know that I'm secure in who God says I am in His love, that I'm securely connected in union with Christ, then the temptation is going to be try to fix things, to change the circumstance, to manufacture a way of escape. But if I know that life is not found in changing circumstances or human fixes or manufactured escape routes, but in Jesus Christ, I can trust His unfailing love and His unchanging life in me. Life is not lived by trying, but by trusting. I can't change my circumstances, but I can trust the love of Christ and make myself available to Him to act like Himself by means of me in the circumstance. The circumstances may not change, but I change. I don't draw or define my life from my circumstances or my thoughts or my feelings or my past. Christ is my life. He is sufficient. And as I trust Him and respond to Him, He will live His life by means of me right in the middle of where I'm at. But you've got to start responding. Responding. How many of you taught your children to walk? Or was walk in them, they just had to get to the place where it happened? You understand what I'm saying there? We don't say put one foot here and one foot there. No, we grab them by the hands and we try to carry them. And we try to make, you know, don't rush it, it's there. Listen to me, it really is there. Some walk at 9 months, some walk at 12 months, some walk later on. But walk is in them. It's who they are. You understand? And if I just let the process... They're going to... Do. Now, let me ask you, do they fall? Yeah. Sometimes they get pushed. But they get up and they walk. Do you fall in the Christian life? Do you fall even though you're a Christian? Even though, Yeah, you do. What do you do? Get up. Know who you are walk is in you you can walk this you do it one step at a time it's amazing to me some kids go from walking one day to running the next then they run over things and then some develop walking into a skill that produce, they become professional athletes you understand what I it wasn't that they started professionally They didn't have a prayer that made them something special. They had a process by which they responded to what was in them. They responded to who they were. And as they responded and developed that skill, they became who they were always intended to be. You live this life because it's in you. Will you fall Will you mess up if you 've got that life yes you 'll fall and you 'll mess up, but you will get up and respond again. Repetition brings about experience and experience brings about impact impact is that which makes and then suddenly. Who I am spiritually starts to work through how I think, how I feel, how I choose, and then I become to where now it's expressed through my body and all of the feelings and all of the worth and all of those things come into play. I will spend the rest of my life becoming who I was made to be. You will too. There's one other man who knew how to live after the butt. His name is Jesus Christ. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was in the worst of circumstances. And he said to them, my soul, listen to what he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. My soul. Stay here and watch with me. We know they went to sleep. Matthew twenty six thirty nine says, He went a little further and fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus got his strength and his life after the but. He didn't deny the situation, nor the pain, nor the sin that was rolling like a black cloud upon him. Where he sweat drops his blood. His body, his soul, it was so sorrowful. Was, he didn't deny all of his situation. He just lived from another place. Not as I would want it. Not as my soul would choose it. But as you will. He went, it wasn't doing it for the Father, he was doing it from the Father. The Father became the strength that he had to step through into the fullness of what was intended. And his situation became our salvation. What if Christ is living that life in you? Where your situations become the people's way to salvation. How many of you know you learn more from your mistakes than your victories? Now why is that? Because there's other people with those same mistakes that need to learn your victory. It's a process that's who I am not I but Christ I won't do it right every time but he who is right lives in me I'll fall but in Christ I live get the truth after the butts in your life You know, I've had a hard life, but greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. You'll spend the rest of your life becoming who you are. Now, let me give you a promise. My grace, Jesus said, is sufficient for you, it's everything you need. Grace is his empowering presence in me to bring me to the place and to be what he always saw me to be. It's not just favor, though it is. It's his empowering presence in relationship to me that will bring me and empower me to become what he already saw that I was. How many of you know before you were in your mother's womb that God saw you? He already knew. Let's become what He saw through the power of His Spirit. Let's become who we are. Would you pray with me? Father, I praise You and I thank You that right now You're doing Your part You're totally sufficient. And the Holy Spirit is actively drawing us to respond. Waiting for the moment to work by means of us. The choice, that's my part. To respond is my part. And I'll respond next time and the next time. The choice by repetition leads to experience, which leads to becoming. Lord, help us become who we are. Thanks to Jesus Christ. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you stand together with me? We have ministry teams available to pray with you. Listen to me. Everything necessary for you to be who God called you to be has already taken place. The sin has been broken. You are forgiven. The life has been given. You are free to walk in it. Everything necessary for you to become what God says you are has already been given. All it's lacking is for you to respond. Respond to Him. Every moment, every day, every time, step into it. Step into it. Take another step. Stand tall in it. Rehearse it. Repeat it. Confess it. And what you'll discover is the Holy Spirit steps in along beside you and you literally find yourself becoming what you always thought God wanted from you. Trust Him. Trust Him. As Theron sings, we invite you to respond to what the Spirit is saying to you today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampassers.com.